This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. The overdose crisis continues to have a dramatic impact here in British Columbia. And we have been making this huge effort, right, over the last three years, an educational effort, a prevention effort, anything that we can do to try to mitigate the damage being done. But... The numbers are still there. Now, Vancouver Coastal Health has released its annual report, and this year it is focusing quite heavily on the overdose crisis. We wanted to learn more about this. Joining us now, uh, Dr. Patricia Daly, who is Vancouver Coastal Health's Chief Medical Officer. Dr. Daly, thanks for being here. My pleasure, Simi. Why did you want to focus on the overdose crisis for the report? Well, first of all, we're now into the fourth year of the crisis, and Vancouver Coastal Health has had the highest death rate of any health region in British Columbia, we have the highest death rate in Canada. So we felt it was important to, uh, we've certainly responded to the crisis with partners, but to learn what we can about what we've seen happen here to help inform what we do going forward. Okay, and what is that message and what have we learned and how is that going to change how we move forward? Well, much of, of, uh, of what we've learned was, it was not new to us. We know people impacted by this crisis tend to be men in the prime of their life. Uh, those in Vancouver Coastal Health dying are more socially disadvantaged than uh, other regions of the province. They're less likely to uh, uh, live in a private home. They're less likely to be employed. We have an overrepresentation of Aboriginal people among those who die. None of that is new. But we did, through a review of uh, a detailed review of health records uh, amongst those who died in 2017, learn some new things. First of all, we learned that Uh, Most people who died had had contact with one of our health services in the year before death, a significant percentage within one month of dying, which means we had an opportunity to intervene to prevent those deaths, and we started to act upon that. And we also learned that many of those dying are not daily opioid users, but they're using other substances such as alcohol, crystal meth, and yet they're dying of opioid overdoses. So that's one of the reasons why we're calling for a regulated drug supply, because it's not just about getting people on treatment. There are a whole variety of people using illegal opioids who are at risk of death. Those are some pretty startling statistics there, especially the not daily users of opioids, because that I don't think that's what people think. That's right. And we were a little surprised to see this as well. What we found is that uh, 39% of people of those who died for whom we had information in their chart were daily opioid users. And by and large, they had been on offered treatment in the past and been on treatment, but they had relapsed and then died. But we were surprised that 44% of people were daily users of alcohol, stimulants, or benzodiazepines. These are people for whom um, methadone or other opioid agonist therapy may not work. And we need to consider, first of all, managing their other addictions, but also making sure they have access to non-toxic substances because they're using illegal opioids in addition to their other drugs. Right. So they're essentially rolling the dice, right? Like they may not be regular everyday users, but when they are, they're not probably paying attention the way regular users are. Well, we, we, we don't know that for certain. I think even regular users, be, you know, they can't predict what's in the latest batch of illegal substances they're consuming. Uh, we do offer drug testing at some of our overdose prevention sites and at Insight, but very few people choose to use that. So even regular users uh, are at the mercy of what's in the illegal drug supply. But certainly those only using occasionally, you're absolutely right. Uh, they are also at high risk of death. How much of an impact has fentanyl had? Oh, it's had a dramatic impact. If you look at our rise in deaths, it corresponds with the identification of fentanyl uh, in the systems of those who died. And 
Uh, actually, last year, 87% of those who died of an overdose in Vancouver Coastal Health had fentanyl identified in their system. So this is what's been driving the increase in overdose deaths. What about life expectancy? I heard some of those stats on the news, and they were very startling. Yes. Uh, you, we've heard already that our Canada's chief public health officer has announced that that life expectancy has stopped increasing in Canada because of the opioid crisis. Wow. In B.C., uh, life expectancy has fallen two years in a row. And we found also that it has fallen in Vancouver Coastal Health, but the impact has been primarily among men. And it's, it's, uh, different neighborhoods have been impacted at different rates. And in particular, the downtown east side has been the most affected neighborhood in our community. Men have lost three years of life expectancy oh. since the crisis started, which is uh, dramatic. And now men in the downtown east side of Vancouver live 15 years shorter than men who live just a few kilometers away on the west side of Vancouver. And those kind of health inequities are of great concern. Yeah, that is a shocking statistic. 15 years shorter. That's right. And those are things that we need to be concerned about. In a country like Canada, everyone should have the opportunity to, to live a full and healthy life. Uh, what is this going to do then moving forward, Dr. Daly? How does this change the message that health authorities are putting out in the next phase? Well, we've already started to act on some of the findings. Um, we, uh, having identified that many, most people dying had had contact with our health services, in particular our emergency departments, we are now asking all emergency departments to refer everyone who presents with an overdose to our outreach team, which will try and connect them to care. We've also started to offer innovative treatment programs out of St. Paul's Emergency Department, giving people Suboxone starter packs. So well, we're going to continue to try and improve the system of treatment for addiction. But I think what we've learned through this review is that we also need to urgently Get, have a regulated supply of substances to replace the illegal drug supply. We're not going to be able to uh, really see a dramatic reduction in deaths until we replace the toxic illegal drug supply. And now are the deaths going down? They are slightly down, aren't they? Yes. We, we This year uh, uh, across BC, and we've seen the same decrease in Vancouver Coastal, about 25 to 27%. Um, and that's good news. Now, deaths have gone down, but um, other data tells us that overdoses are still occurring at the same rate, calls to ambulance, emergency department visits. So that tells us that some of the uh, things that we've put in place, things like distribution of naloxone, overdose prevention sites, they are saving lives. But we still, in our health authority, have still had many preventable deaths this year. And even with the reduction, we, uh, we expect to have more deaths than we saw in 2016 when the crisis was declared. So I think these services have certainly helped. And we presented that data when we released the report that we would have had many more deaths if we had not responded. But we need to go further now. We know that deaths are most closely linked to what's in the circulating illegal drug supply, which we have no control over, and we need to address that urgently. All right, Dr. Daly, thank you very much for your time. My, pre- my pleasure. That's Dr. Patricia Daly, Vancouver Coastal Health's Chief Medical Officer, with their annual report. They focus this year on the overdose crisis, life expectancy, a huge change, and that is a very scary number.